Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 24 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. My guest today is a former top prospect tournament winner, a competitor in the ROH Pure Title Tournament, and Silas Young's better half in Two Guys, One Tag. He is Josh the Goods Woods. Josh, welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, man, dude? Thanks for having me. I have the better half. You right, you right. <laughs> I, am better, I am the better half. Oh, I, I think everyone would, would agree to that. Everyone except Silas, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we don't always see eye to eye, but I think deep down he knows. Well, opposites attract, right? Isn't that what they say? That is what they say, you know. That's why we're doing so well. I say, your personalities could not be more opposite. But, like we said, that's why it, that's why it works. Great chemistry. Hey, I'm a big fan. I love it. Silas is great. And I know he loves it, too. He just acts like he doesn't love it. Man, he's a good actor. <laughs> no, I would sure. almost, I would almost believe it. But anyway, we'll we'll get to talking about Silas uh, in a bit. First, I got to ask you about the pure title tournament that you're in. Um, your match against Kenny King. No spoilers because it will air this coming weekend. That's the weekend of the 26th. So everyone, please go to rohwrestling.com to find out when and where Ring of Honor Wrestling TV airs in your area. But I have to just ask you, how did it feel to get back in the ring after such a long layoff? Well, first of all, man, like, I don't think, I really don't think a lot of people understand, like, what it's been like. Uh, I know, I know, you know, if someone who's, like, kind of office-ish, you know, quote, end quote, it, like, says this. But, man, Ring of Honor has done a phenomenal job. And I know it's been said before. And, and like, I think people might think we're being told to say it, but we're really not. Because, like, Ring of Honor does a lot of hush-hush things. and. And, you know, they don't like to put a lot of business out and stuff. But we've, we've all been getting paid. We've all been, like, pretty much, the only thing that's really changed for us is we're not doing shows, you know. So, you know, they've taken care of everyone, office people, uh, production, crew, you know, talent. We've even, like, hired other people during during this pandemic, man. And, and like, first and foremost, like, just being a part of this family has just been phenomenal, man. And, you know, like, I didn't. I don't know. I was stressed. Like when, when I you know, saw other companies laying people off and stuff, I was like, dude, this is going to be terrible. But, you know, they've really done a, a stellar job of, of keeping everyone afloat and, and, and that they lead by example, in my opinion. And that's what we're doing. And uh, yeah, that's that. So how about as far and, and you're hundred percent right. And I think, you know, sometimes when people hear this, whether it's from me or from talent, they will think, oh, well, they're just towing the company line. But it's true. I mean, all anybody has to do is just, you know, look at the facts. Like you said, not only have uh, no employees or talent or anyone lost their jobs, we've actually hired some people during this. And, and like you said, everyone's continued to, got, uh, to get paid. No one's lost, a, uh, lost out on a paycheck. So it really is pretty amazing. And, um, and, you know, I think shutting down while it was difficult for all of us, especially in the beginning, yeah. um, you know, like I didn't understand at first, like, well, you know, everybody's in Vegas. Why don't we just do the shows in an empty arena? But looking back, it really was the right decision and shutting things down for several months was the right decision. And, uh, you know, coming back and making the decision to finally come back, but to do it in the safest way possible, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
again, just you got to give kudos. There's no other wrestling company that is doing the protocols and, and all the things that, that Ring of Honor is doing to make sure it's safe for, uh, for everybody. I mean, so let me ask I mean, you about wait, oh, no, just, I'm sorry. Go on, ahead, I'm Josh. Sorry. No, go ahead. But just, just like, because like I have a lot of friends in other companies, and, and I'm just going to speak for myself and the experience that I've had here. Like, they haven't, for, like, Ring of Honor hasn't forced us to do anything. There hasn't been a, a, you know, your job could be potentially at stake. And I think, like, with other companies, that's kind of how a lot of people feel. And, you know, we've, we've been given the, hey, if you don't feel comfortable doing this, say so. And, I, and everyone just wants to be back wrestling, you know. And, and, and I honestly think if, if anyone from top to bottom as far as, um, um, not saying importance of talent, but, you know, from Jay Lethal to, to someone we just bring in, like if, if either one were to say, hey, I just don't feel comfortable doing this, there would be no penalties where I feel like I get the vibe from other companies where they feel like they have to do things. And like, you know, I'm just glad that Ring of Honor has been uh, as understanding and like putting us first, you know, putting the talent and, and the safety of us first. And, and I think that like says a lot to um, the, va- the, the value they place on, on everything above all else. So I'm proud to be, you know, ROH strong, man. Like as corny as <laughs> some people might think that sounds, dude, like I love this company, man. This is, this is true family um, from top to bottom, I think. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I agree with you. And I, and I've, you know, I've, I've said this before, like I, you know, I've worked for some other companies in this business and I'm not saying anything bad about them, but it, it hasn't been the same um, family atmosphere and um, you know, team kind of mentality. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, obviously we hear stories in this business of, you know, politics and oh, backstabbing and all those things. I've never seen any example of that. If it's happened in ring of honor, it, it it's nothing I've ever, ever witnessed. So let me, let me put you on the spot. Cause we, you talked about, you know, people could opt out if they wanted to, we've seen in other sports, whether it's uh, major league baseball or the NFL athletes have decided to opt out for health concerns or maybe uh, pre-existing conditions, whatever it might be. Did you ever consider opting out of this? Cause like you said, you, you didn't have to do it. Um, I, no, man, you know, uh when we first so when we were in vegas and they're like you know when everything kind of really started happening i was a little uh maybe i think paranoid i guess because a like i'm from orlando so i was like if i was on the coast it'd be different but i was like man like if they start shutting stuff down like i may not make it home you know and like that that was kind of like i rushed out of there real quick i know a lot, like some of the other guys stayed and, and they kind of wrote it out but i was like man i just don't want to get stuck you know and i was like you know people can do their own research they can read believe whatever they want you know, I'm not saying this is a joke or this is like a hoax, but like as we start to understand more what's going on, like if things, if protocols are, are done and people are following them, there's no reason why we can't get back to doing what we're doing and under the, under the way we're doing it, which I think, I mean, people are having great responses to the style we're doing and, and how we're producing it and, you know, giving that to the public. And I, I'm, I haven't felt any, um, any, anything towards how we're doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back in October. So I can't wait. What was it like actually being in the bubble for a week? And um, I know it was pretty strict, right? Like you, you're basically were a prisoner of your hotel room, except for, you know, when you went to the, um, to the arena All stuff. Yeah. How, I mean, how, I, I, I didn't have a problem with it, man. I mean, I'm pretty chill anyway, you know, um, uh, like I brought my PlayStation. I got to do work. Like we could go outside and like do workouts outside or like I did workouts in my room and like, I didn't really have like a big issue. And like they, like people were adhering to the guidelines and because we all want to be back, man. So 
you know, everybody wants to, to, to get back to doing what we love. And uh, I, I didn't have a problem at all, man. I don't have cable. Like I don't pay for cable. Cause like I have like Netflix and all that fun stuff. So I was like, man, I got to watch some cable TV. I got to play on the PlayStation, man. Like I got to relax. I didn't have any problem with doing it. I was just glad at the end of the week after, you know, after just waiting to, to get back in the ring, man. And so to follow up with your first question that I negated to say what I had to say or wanted to say, not had to, I wanted to say that. Um, dude, man, it felt great to be back, man. Like, dude, I love it. I love wrestling. You know, people are like, oh, my God, like, what a dork. Dude, yeah, I don't care. I'm a huge dork, <laughs> man. I love what I do. I don't ever like, go to a show and I'm like, oh, got to do this today. And the only thing I hate about it is traveling. I don't like traveling. I, I love wrestling. I hate traveling. It's funny because I'm the same way. I don't like getting on planes and waiting in airports. I'm not afraid to fly, but I just, it's just no, a hassle. Right? Yeah, it's- it really is, man. That's like the only thing I don't like about it. I was excited to like, even the guys like I got to barely see them. I was like, I just want to like hug them and like, hey, man, but like, yeah, we can't. And I'm like, that's like, the, I look forward to that. Like, these are, these are you know, more than just people I work with. These are guys like, you know, we have relationships with or we all care about each other and stuff. And, in regards to how it's presented on, on TV and characters, man. But I was so stoked to be back. And, and for me, you know, I, yeah, we weren't doing shows, but like Florida's a little different or where I'm at as far as the rest of the world. And like, I didn't miss any training. Like I didn't miss gym. Like I, I acted like business as usual for me. I mean, I was a little more cautious about who I interacted with and whatnot, but like, I, I still stayed in the ring training. I still like, worried about how I looked and how how in shape I was for when we did come back because we could have came back at any moment's notice so like I didn't want to like come back not being ready to go if it was a week later or six months later so I think what people will see will see that I'm still in shape and very delicious Josh Woods is in the pure tournament <laughs> so you were what I guess at your gym or um, you trained students at the team vision dojo was that were you getting ring time during the the break yeah um i was there a lot and like uh i was you know I'm, I'm a big advocate of like doing like a lot of people uh, i'm not saying this is a wrong style like a lot of people don't do what they say like though they just run class i like to do the classes that i do so so if i if i if i do the example first this is how i would like it to be done or or leading by example so yeah i was taking the classes i was doing and, and helping instruct and and I have like my buddy Seth Petrozelli, he owns the jungle. So I was able to train with him privately and, you know, away from everyone else. And my friend Aaron Conway owns um, Iron Life. And like I was able to like train with him, you know, here and there when we were allowed to. And like I, I didn't miss anything. And like I just stayed active. And I loved it. And I'm glad it helped because I, I would have been out of shape, boy. Woo. Well, that's that's good for you because I know some people that I've talked to, some of the guys didn't have access to a ring. So like they yeah. literally were not inside a wrestling ring for six months and the pure title tournament was their first time back, you know, since the, the end of February. So it's great that you had, um, that you had that access to it. Let me ask you though, about the empty arena. I've asked the guys about that too. What was that like? Was that a weird experience to be in the ring with no one around? Uh, or, or was it not that big a deal? Um, so like for me, uh, so I, you know, I don't know if you've gotten into this with other people, like I've, I've heard some of the stuff and, but like, you know, I was there before my matches or before my match was scheduled, like a, like an hour or two before. So I got to kind of like watch the matches in, like in front of me. And it was weird kind of like watching in the, in like the stands, like all the way at the top and you know, away from everyone. 
and I'm like, man, this is like so weird. And then, you know, when I did it myself, you know, I'm, I'm out, I'm like, man, like, this is kind of weird. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, when I do this match, I'm just going to pretend that when I do something, it gets the reaction I think it's going to get. So if I do something really cool in my mind, I'm getting that reaction. I'm like, yes, so good for me, as opposed to like getting booed or like, oh, you suck. Oh, man, no. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was that bad, man. And, and I know like, you know, you get energy from the crowd and, and I 100% agree with that. And I think this pure style is, is, is geared a little differently than a typical wrestling show. Um, so, so, you know, having, having like the, like the, the more real aspect of real competition. Like when I've been in, in the cage fighting or like I've been wrestling like in nationals or like in college, like, man, you don't hear that. I mean, you, you're in packed arenas and, and you got people all around you. And like, I'm so in tune on like what's happening. Like, I don't really hear a lot of the fan, like the crowds anyway, in those aspects. So like for me, like I'm really competing to try to, to win these matches. So like I'm really thinking more about, you know, how like being like, how to counter something or be in good position to like be like on a good level of competition, man. So I, it was a little weird at first, but like as like the tournament progressed and, you know, we're watching or being in it, I, I didn't think it was that, that bad. Well, you mentioned earlier about, you know, with social distancing and stuff, you just wanted to come in and hug, hug your friends and stuff like that. But obviously you couldn't do it, which I know that's tough for you because Josh, we all know you are a hugger, but I have to ask you, man, about Silas. How hard was it for you to be away from Silas for all those months? <laughs> I mean, I had to just be killing you. I mean, yeah, of course, man. It's like it's like you lose you lose your twin, man. It's like, oh no, I love. How many you. times a day did you call and text? Uh, a lot. <laughs> a lot of times. No, sometimes he would respond, or you know, but like we talked a lot. You know, surprisingly, you know, he likes to act like he we don't we don't really get along, but we really have a great relationship in my mind uh so like i hit him up a lot with ideas or things and sometimes he gets back right away sometimes not for a couple of days but i was gonna I say does it does it hurt your feelings when you text him and you can see that he read it and he doesn't <laughs> doesn't respond i just i just account for the fact that he could be busy i just keep telling myself well he could be busy and he'll get back to it he just wants to take time to think about the response so that, that's how that's how i know it's happening in my brain Okay. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. And if that makes you feel better, hey, who am I to, uh, to say otherwise? Positivity, dude. That's right. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here and uh, we're going to talk more about your favorite subject, Silas Young, and other <laughs> things. So we'll be back with Josh right after this. Think you know a lot about Ring of Honor? Well, put your knowledge to the test against the top fans and stars of Ring of Honor. That's right, Ring of Honor Trivia returns and it will be played across Zoom. To join, get your team of 3 to 10 and email rohtrivia at gmail.com. Previous editions have seen near-perfect scores and former world champions, former tag team champions, and the top stars of Ring of Honor compete for Trivia Supremacy. You won't want to miss it. Sign up now, rohtrivia at gmail.com to reserve your spot and your team's spot in this round of Ring of Honor Trivia. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. My guest is Josh the Goods Woods. We were talking about Silas as we headed to the break, and I promised we would talk more about the uh, last real man. So I do want to ask you this in all seriousness. Uh, when Silas was on the show a few weeks ago, he said that he's the one who actually went to management and said that he wanted to work with you, whether it was 
as opponents in a program or whether it was that you guys would be a tag team. I want to ask you, Josh, what was your reaction when you found out someone like Silas, who was obviously a veteran and respected, that he saw something in you and wanted to work with you? What was your reaction to that? I mean, when anyone like, goes to bat for you, like regardless of, you know, their, their status in the company, man, it feels good, you know, to, to know that, Hey, like what I'm doing is, is on the right track. And, and, you know, there's a lot of us to deal with. So, uh, for like, they, they can't imagine they have stories or ideas for every single person. Cause we have so many people and, and like, sometimes you kind of get lost in the shuffle where there's a lot going on, or we had like certain storylines like have been progressing for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months. And, I think that's kind of what was happening to me. Like I was, was kind of like in there, but I wasn't like truly in there. And for Silas to kind of like take the initiative and like see what I was doing and like think it had potential and want to like to be, I guess, help push it or make it grow was like, it's pretty awesome. You know, he is definitely one of the more respected guys in the locker room. And he's, you know, without, I know he doesn't want to be, but he like, he is like a locker room leader in his own way. And like to have, have that acknowledgement or recognition, it makes you feel good about what you're doing. You know, like no one wants to be told they suck. Like people want to know like they're doing well or they're on the right track. And that's kind of what it was like for me. It was like, hey, man, like what you're doing is good. And, you know, let's just make it better. It wasn't a, oh, dude, you're the <laughs> you know, It's like, it's let's make it better. And like, that's what, and that's kind of where I, where I um, took it is, hey, what I'm doing has been working. What I'm doing is like on the right track. Now let's just make it better. So it felt Josh, good. It felt, felt Josh, pretty sweet. Josh, you told me you weren't going to curse. You've already violated the rule. No, I didn't say, I didn't say in a bad way. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's the good way to say it. All right. Well, that's one bleep so far. Okay. No. Let's try, to, let's try to keep it to, uh, keep it on uh, under five. Right, so God, Sil Silas is rubbing off on me, man. That is terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. You, everybody's allowed one. Okay. Well, okay. Every, everyone gets one. Everyone gets one. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I'm, I, look, you're not going to break. I think Silas set the record when he was on. So, um, well, he's got a potty mouth, so you know what? I don't, I don't doubt that. They wore out the, he wore out the bleep button. Uh, production <sighs> was, uh, was, was none, none too happy. But what a jerk! What a jerk! <laughs> so another thing that Silas and I discussed when he was on uh, was basically how you guys coming together as two guys one tag. It really allowed you personally to show more of your true personality. Mm -hmm. We got to see the Josh Woods that or I should say the audience got to see the Josh Woods that we see backstage all the time. Um, I think a lot of, and again, we talked about this too, Silas and I, is I think a lot of us were guilty of thinking, well, you know, Josh is a legit MMA tough guy and he's a collegiate champion. And there's a certain cliche in pro wrestling of how those guys are supposed to be promoted. They're, you know, these super intense guys all the time in the ring and in their promos and everything. And, um, you know, that's not really your true personality. And if it felt like we were trying to get you to be something that you're not. So, I mean, was that how you kind of saw things? Like, were you uncomfortable trying to be a super intense guy all the time in front of the camera? Uh, so like when I first got there, you know, that was kind of like a big thing that was, Hey man, you're, you have this background. So be that. I was like, be what like myself because i'm not like an angry person you know like bj whitmer was was like yo man you're like you should personify this more and 
like, well, it's hard for me because, like, I have pictures of me when I was wrestling, you know, where, like, I would take someone down and, like, yeah, it's a little unsportsmanlike. like, I'm sorry. But, you know, I see a camera. I'm like, yo, what's up? So I have, like, a thumbs up on, like, this takedown. And, <laughs> and like, I just, I just like to have fun with it, man. Like, there's a time and place for, for like, intensity. And, like, I'm going to bring it when it needs to be brought. But, you know, for the most part, man, like, I think people take a lot of stuff too seriously. And I, and I think the more, like, developed as an athlete I became, like, I took training and, and you know, developing my skills really seriously but i think if you take yourself too serious you kind of lose like the love you have for the sport and that's like what kind of happened to me in college uh, i took wrestling so serious man like i was so grumpy and like miserable because uh, i wanted to be perfect i wanted to to exceed like everyone's expectations i wanted to win everything you know there were times where like, my my training partner was like a big dude my buddy shane hallard he's huge and like i was a i was a 230 pounder weighing at like 220 and Shane was our heavyweight and he was like 265 270 and like if he scored on me at all I would get so pissed and I'd be so like so butthurt about it and I and like that's not a cool way to live man you know so I would get so stressed about not being like perfect and then when I switched to MMA I met Seth Petrozelli and Seth was like such like so different a spectrum he was like a really fun loving guy in practice and and like yeah he you know he was a total a total rock star man a complete killer and like he's ruthless he and like he's hit me so hard like hardest i've ever been hit and but he was like fun about it and so i kind of like yo like this is how i am like why why if this guy who's such an on an elite level is like having fun and training why can't i be like that and that's just how i am so like to be serious all the time is just so hard so boring and then having that having to try to portray something i don't truly feel it was pretty difficult for me and i listened to the silas uh, podcast of course because it's got silas in it and uh yeah i do remember you're trying to like get me to be serious in this like backstage segment I'm like man i can't do that dude like i'm not mad at anybody you know i don't i don't feel like this so like trying to force like a fake feeling was like pretty difficult for me and i think now that because i can kind of like be myself and like si- like having fun with silas you know it, it makes it makes everyone kind of see like that aspect that wasn't exposed because my ring work speaks for itself i think um you know like if i need to be intense i can if you need me to throw someone around i can do that but i think that was kind of missing that 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 essentially character uh development and moment which is now like the easiest thing for me to do and it's the funnest most fun it's the most fun yeah absolutely i think the lesson learned was you know, just let a guy be himself. And, and you're right, your in-ring work speaks for itself. It actually makes the character more interesting and adds more dimensions to it. It's like, now that you look back on it, it's like, man, why didn't we see, why didn't we see that then? Um, see what Silas saw, which was, you know, let this guy be himself. And then once the bell rings, yeah, he's intense. And that makes the character, like I said, more multidimensional. He comes down the aisle and he's smiling and he's fun loving and all that. But you know, he's also, he is this, this legit MMA guy who, uh, when the bell rings, he, he can get it done. So, um, yeah, man, you, you definitely have connected with the crowd in a way that you weren't, you just weren't connecting before. And I do remember that backstage segment. I, I clearly remember saying to you, like, um, I used the Batman Bruce Wayne analogy, right? I don't know if you remember that, but I was like, I was like, Josh, you're Bruce Wayne in real life. But like when that red light goes on, you got to be Batman. And I remember saying how like, 
you know the actors that play Batman, they have like a different voice once they become Yeah, Batman. I remember you trying to like get me to do a Batman voice, something like that. I was like, nah, man. That's yeah, weird. like you got to be that guy. And uh, see, what the hell do I know? Absolutely nothing. So don't ever. Uh, you know a lot, dude. Don't, don't ever say that. You know a lot of stuff. Listen to Silas. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> if I listen to Silas, I would be miserable. <laughs> well, he was definitely right on, on this front. Because yeah, yeah, he, he's been right about some stuff, 100%. I'll give him that. Not yeah. all this stuff. I think a light bulb went off for all of us. Like when we saw you doing the stuff with Silas, you know, we were like, wow, Josh, you know, this is who Josh should have been all along. But enough of, enough of giving Silas kudos on that. Yeah, he doesn't need a bigger head. He already has one. Exactly right. So I do want to continue to ask you another question, though, about two guys, one tag. And that's as far as the vignettes that you guys do and your promos and stuff like that, I know that you come up with a lot of that material on your own. So talk to me about having creative freedom in Ring of Honor to kind of, you know, it's like a blank canvas almost. You have that freedom to come up with your own stuff. And then what's the creative process like with you and Silas? Like, what is that collaboration like? I, w- I, wish, I wish we were like Zoom, like cameraing, because you can see my face right now. I like this like stupid cheesy grin on my face because I'm thinking about all the things that we've done. And it's, it's I'm a complete idiot. But uh first of all the creative freedom is it's like a blessing and a curse for me i stress about making sure things are good and you know like anyone who cares about their craft they don't want to present something that's not good so like it's great to be able to have this body of work and to help it grow and develop but that's also like the downside because you don't know what's going to be good or what people are going to like where one we could be doing a promo one week and it's great and the next week it could be kind of similar but it's not as good or people don't like it so like I, I certainly feel a lot of pressure about that like man like i want stuff to be great and, and i want the i want you know the fans to interact with it i want like even the guys that are in the back to see it and be like hey man that's great or oh that wasn't good so i stress a lot about that kind of stuff and i think having the freedom um makes you think a little more and it, it comes more natural as opposed to you know, other places where they kind of like well this is what you're going to do this is what you're going to say and I've had, I've had like both sides of the coin where, where I could be myself and like thrive or be told what I'm saying and like told what to say. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same cause it's not how I would say it. So if someone writes a promo for me and I was like, eh, yeah, I don't, I can't, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't say it like that. Cause that's not how I would say it. So like having, like, I appreciate when people do try to chime in for me and like, Oh, well, you should try this. Or like my friends will say, Oh man, that was great. But do this instead. And I was like, well, first of all, I didn't ask you. so like so no and like second of all like i have like a size and i have like a really intricate creative process and and like we kind of bounce back and forth on things so like like i can't tell silas what to say and like he couldn't tell me what to say because like we both think like the way we do and it works because we are different so when i think of an idea i think about it in my head and like, if I start laughing about it, like, which I do all the time, like, I, I, if I can't make myself laugh, I know it's not going to be funny for everyone else. And like, one of my best friends, uh, Wilson, I play a lot of Call of Duty with him and like my brother, Ryan. So like, I'll like, hey, what do you think about this idea? And like, if they laugh, because they, they have different personalities, if both of them think it's funny, I definitely pitch it to Silas right away. I'm like, all right, hey, we should do this, this and that. And when I pitch it, I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to say this. And like, you could say something like that. And then but like say however you would say it so we usually are we usually get it pretty pretty good on the first try it's pretty rare that we have to do like two or three retakes we usually do one and i sometimes don't even like to watch it back because like i think it's going to be good 
but sometimes we'll do two or three just to just to make sure but i think the more organic we can make it um the better it is because you know we're so we're so different and unique that if you try to if i try to like all right well i want to do this promo uh i don't know about like pickles and i'm not gonna tell them to say stuff because then we don't we can't feed off each other because then it's got to, I got oh well, I have to say this and that but like I might not say what Silas would react to the right way so I think like I think if the more organic we can make it the better it is and all this whole time I had this list like I've, I've compiled this huge list of things I want us to do so I'm just waiting until we can be back together and doing them and I'm so excited well, as a fan of, of the two guys, one tag, as, as a fan of your work, like I, I can't wait to see what you guys do next. But, yeah, you, you do play off each other really well, and I think you're right. It's good that you kind of go in with an idea, but then let it almost like improv, right, and just yeah. sort of let it flow, let him react the way he, the Silas Young character would react. And, and look, I think we, we brought this up too. Like you're playing – pretty close to your real personality i mean so is silas like silas is really oh, yeah. kind of that you know mm-hmm. yep. real, you know so it it definitely works because it's not a stretch in exactly as as you guys portraying yourselves but let me go back all the way now to uh to the beginning with you josh before you were into the business when you were growing up were you a pro wrestling fan are you trying to set me up right now <laughs> i, no, I feel like you've heard this before <laughs> um if you weren't that's okay yeah i don't want to get crucified here but i was a little bit growing up not a lot um i used to i used to watch with my older brother a little bit and then once i kind of got more into sports and um i kind of like strayed away from just all things really i didn't like watch a lot of tv as a kid or or um watch wrestling a lot growing up but i watched it for for a little while until I got heavily into sports. So I'd say until about around like 2000 was when I kind of stopped watching. So I wasn't like a huge fan. I got, there were guys I liked to watch and were entertained by them. And, and then once I got back into wrestling or into actual pro wrestling, I started watching it just a little bit more uh, just to kind of re-educate myself and to stay, you know, to pay respect to the business, man. I think no matter what company you're in, whether it's, you know, Nike or, 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 or any wrestling or sport, you should kind of understand the history of, of what you're into, just so you're not ignorant to what's going on. Right. That's what I try to do. Right. Yeah. And hey, there's no judgment here. Not everybody has to be a fan growing up. The reason I asked you is because it was, I was going to transition into another question, which was um, being in the amateur wrestling community. Um, did you get any pushback as far as, I was going to say, if you were a pro wrestling fan, because I know maybe not more modern, but at one time people who uh, were in the amateur wrestling community, they really looked down on pro wrestling and resented it. Um, so I just wondered if, if you were a fan, did you, did you get any of that? Did you, you know, feel any of that resentment and like, you know, like, no, you can't go into that, that entertainment phony stuff. Like this is the real wrestling. Did you, did you uh, hear any of that kind of talk? I don't, I don't recall ever thinking that way or hearing it. I think like, you know, when I was starting to train and stuff, like people were just kind of concerned about being really good at it. And, you know, when you're in high school, you're not thinking, oh, well, I'm going to be a pro wrestler now, or you're not thinking about, you know, what you're going to do after you graduate college or if you even go to college, you're kind of like, well, am I going to go on a date with this girl or, you know, am I getting mm-hmm. my homework done? And that's kind of, that's, I mean, that's for me. So I wasn't really thinking about, you know, my next move, not until way later, 
Did I even think about what I would do as a career wise? So for me personally, no, I didn't have any sort of negativity on being a wrestling fan or not being a wrestling fan or having thoughts about it, at least that I can recall. I feel like that's something that would stick out. That's a very specific thing to, to get some backlash about or think about. Yeah, I think that, and I talked with uh, Jeff Cobb when he was on the show about that same thing. He didn't really feel too much of that. I really do think it was like the previous generation. Um, like, I think like the Kurt Angle generation, like when he was coming up, it was very much, pro wrestling was very much frowned upon and that that's not something you want to get into, you know? So uh, I think it has changed as the business has become more mainstream accepted, you know, over the years. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yep. As like, as like the sport evolves and people are evolving and the different, different uh, caliber of athletes are getting into it from all, all walks of life. You know, you have, you know, cheerleaders that make it in or, or fitness models or, you know, amateur wrestlers, MMA fighters. I think it's becoming a very different sport and it's evolving. So the thought on it is also evolving. Exactly. I think, I think that's 100% the, the, the case. All right, well, we're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back with more with Josh the Goods Woods right after this. Hi, I'm Quinn McKay, the host of Ring of Honor's weekly YouTube show, Week by Week. Join me every Monday, the same day as this podcast, as we catch up on all the groundbreaking ROH news and get some exclusive comments from some of your favorite stars. We also have some really great weekly segments like Question of the Week and my personal favorite, the Week by Week Physique. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. on social media and youtube.com slash ring of honor for Week by Week. All right, we are back on the RRH Strong Podcast. My guest is Josh the Goods Woods. I know that you were a uh, national champion at uh, Central Florida. And uh, we talked right before the break. You said you weren't, I guess you weren't really sure what you wanted to do after college. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was your thought process when, uh, when you were done at Central Florida? And how did you end up on this path to pro wrestling? How did you end up getting a WWE developmental deal? So. My brother, Seth, he's a big nerd, but he's an athletic nerd. And he was like really smart in school. And he has like two master's degrees in accounting and finance. So, you know, that's a lot of pressure right there to to do well like your big brother. But I'm not a school person, all right? I didn't really get a lot of good grades and I kind of goofed around a lot. So imagine like what you see on TV and like the persona I have, but like now in a classroom. So that's kind of how I am. I'm, I'm a little bit loud and like, and that's not always a negative thing. I just, school's not for me. I ain't mad at it. So when I, when I you know, got into UCF in 2011 um, for wrestling, I really only took classes just enough to be able to wrestle. You know, I didn't like take like a full load or, you know, like five classes. I was like, let me just take two. That's all I have to take. So I, I didn't really take school very seriously. So I did like my four years of wrestling. And I finished in 2014 and I was like, well, I had fought a few times, uh, 2012, I had fought four times in like three months. I was on the U S MMA team and I was like, well, I'm going to fight when I'm done wrestling. Cause I've been wrestling for so long. Well, I might as well use this, this, these skills I have and all these training hours I've accumulated like, well, I'm going to fight again. And then I have a mutual friend, you know, that I linked up with and you know, I did some, some training with him and he's, and he's, a, was an independent wrestler and he still is. Um, and he was like, dude, you should just contact WWE. Like they like guys like you. I was like, um, okay. I was like, sure. Why not? I don't know. 
And, like, I was in, I'm living in Orlando, and, like, NXT was, like, so pretty new around then. It's like, dude, it's here. Like, you can just try it and see what happens. Like, eh, all right. So I end up emailing them, um, like, my just, just my accolades, and then not thinking anything of it. And they're like, oh, nice. Do you want to try out? I was like, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> so, like, two months later, I tried out. And then two months later, I got hired. So it's pretty, it pretty much like that. Um, the trial was pretty fun. It was cool. It was hard. And that's kind of how I really transitioned in. Nothing. I didn't, like, do a lot of indies. I didn't train for X amount of years and get looked at. I just I sent them an email and was fortunate enough to have done pretty well in wrestling and other achievements that uh, it was worthwhile. So what was the experience like there at, at NXT? Ultimately, how long were you there? Because, I, I, you know, ultimately you got released. You didn't get called mm-hmm. up to the, to, the, to the main roster. How long were you there and what was the experience like? Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, coming from, you know, wrestling, from wrestling in college to, to the Performance Center, it really wasn't that much of a difference as far as, as a regimented lifestyle, which I was used to having. And I really enjoyed that a lot. I feel a lot of people don't like that because, you know, you think like the guys are super successful and they, you know, like, like, let's say like Dawson and Dash, those guys have been on the, on the, on the circuits for a long time and they're already like established though. So for them to have to come in at certain times, I'm sure they didn't enjoy it. They want to just wrestle because that's what they've been doing. They've been good at, but for me, like, I didn't know how to do anything. So like, I loved being like able to just come in and like have to take classes and, and so on and so forth. And like, I loved it. And I was really a big fan of the regimented life of, Hey, you got a gym at, at, at seven. You have your know, ring work at, at 11. I'm like, yo, sign me up. I love that. And getting paid to do it. Heck yeah, man. That was <laughs> exciting. I loved it. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And you know, there's, it's, it's obviously completely different from, from ring of honor. And there's a lot of rules and like my contract was huge. I was like, Oh my God, is this a book? it was massive. Like all the things that like, you can't do. And, and, and I was like, well, word, you know, it's, it's, it's a very regimented and I personally liked it. I know a lot of people don't. Um, but I mean, I can only speak from my experience at the time. And I know things are very different there now just cause I still have friends that are there. And, you know, as the sport grows and NXT as a brand grows, like the, their system will grow. Um, so like, I really enjoyed it. I didn't really have any, any problems with it. Nah, I, I had fun. I liked it. Do you feel like you learned a lot from there that you've taken with oh, you? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, man. I mean, that I wouldn't be here if I hadn't have been there. You know, uh, I had I had phenomenal coaches. I spent a lot of time with Adam Pierce, and I know, you know Adam's history at Ring of Honor and just just his career alone before transitioning to being like a coach and a producer for WWE. So I learned like a, a lot of stuff from Adam. And then I spent a lot of my class time with Norman Smiley, who is like a stellar technician. And then even when I was released, you know, um, I wasn't as I wasn't advanced enough when I was at the PC to be in Billy's class, Billy Gunn. But then, you know, uh, he reached out to me like after I got released, and and I was able to like train with him a lot and just learn more. And I trained with him a lot. I took a lot, a lot of, a lot of bumps and abuse from Billy, but like in a good way, man, I guess like a coach, the student, and it was, and I learned so much and I honestly don't think I would be uh, here if I, if I hadn't, you know, been there for almost two years. So um, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I know Billy a little bit. Billy is certainly a great coach to have. Oh my God. Yeah. Sitting under the learning tree of Billy Gunn for sure. 
Um, so what, do they tell you anything when, like, when, you, when you get released? Do they say it was for a specific reason or we're making budget cuts or like, do they give you anything on the way out? Uh, so for, I, I'm sure it's different for everybody. I mean, I'm sure everyone has different reasons. Um, a lot of it was just cause they had a lot of people there already. There's, I think even right now there's more than a hundred people there. And so, you know, there was a lot of, of, of people in the performance center at the time and they just really didn't have anything for me, um, at the, at that moment. And they're like, they're, Hey, if you, if you make a name and you know, whatever, we'll, we'll look into bringing you back. So I guess it was like leaving on good terms. It wasn't a no, it's just a not right now. And uh, I've kept in, in good contact either by my accord or, or theirs, just, you know, catch ups and follow ups and stuff. So you know, I didn't leave on any bad blood or, or it wasn't because I wasn't performing or doing well. It was just, I don't really had anything for you. And we have a lot of people here. So I guess it was kind of a blessing and a curse, man. Like, yeah, I'd never been fired from anything or never like not succeeded in stuff. So, I mean, that, that led to Ring of Honor and, and, and like I'm truly in a really good spot and I've learned so much. And I think if the Josh Woods now had to wrestle the Josh Woods then, I would totally doo-doo all over him and he would just get annihilated. <laughs> well, you alluded to something that I was actually going to ask you based off of, of, of what you said about, you know, being a exceptional athlete who's always succeeded at everything you've done athletically. Was that a, was that a tough blow to – be like, yeah, you're getting cut basically. Like, I'm sure that's never probably happened to you before. And the second part of that question is, did you see it coming? Like, did you feel like, okay, when cuts are going to be made or maybe I'm not progressing quickly enough or did you think, man, I'm doing great. And were you caught off guard by it? Uh, So the first part of the question was, uh, yeah, I haven't really, that was, that was pretty devastating, man. Um, I, I was crushed. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I was miserable. I like, cried in my room for like a week. Like it was terrible. I was it was a very down moment for me. Um, I wasn't like wasn't you know drinking heavily or anything like that. I was just I was just depressed. Like man, it was, it was brutal. You know, because you 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 think uh, this is like where you, where where most people want to end up. You know, they're like this is like the epitome of where I want to be. This is the best place to learn it at. You know, so for 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 everyone and I was like devastated I was crushed man I was like well all right but um I did not see it coming you know I had had literally just I've been doing house shows you know prior to that for a few months and uh so when when I had the, I had the, the shows the weekend before on Tuesday hey man you're gonna we're gonna this is the schedule for the weekend you're gonna be on these matches sweet home Thursday Hey man, <laughs> letting you go. I was like, what? I was like, why? It was, I was totally crushed. I was like, oh man, all right, dang. So yeah, that that was crappy. But uh, I think I think I'm, I'm in a better position now, as far as you know, my learning ability and and uh, the things I have learned with the Ring of Honor. I think that is this is it's been almost it's been a blessing, really, truly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a bit of a cliche when people say, well, everything happens for a reason. But I Yeah, mean, it really is. When you look back, it, it, you know, you really can say that. And it's like, man, what seemed like a horrible thing at the time, you know, you can turn, a, you know, turn that into a positive and be in a better mm-hmm. place in a few years than you, you know, would have been had you stayed that path. You know, you don't really know, but 
obviously things things have worked out. But let me ask you though, at, you mentioned after it happened, after you're let go, you were kind of depressed. What was the next step for you? Was it okay? I'm going to continue this. I mean, because you admitted you kind of fell into pro wrestling. It wasn't like a lifelong dream, but now you right. were in the developmental system for a couple of years. Did you get the bug at that point where you're like, okay, this door closed, but I'm going to keep pursuing pro wrestling? Or did you think about maybe doing fighting again or just doing something completely different? I mean, what was the mindset at that point? So uh, my first thought was, you know, hey, man, like when I was done crying. My eyes out. <laughs> I was like, you know, I spent all this time and, and I stepped away from MMA for almost two years. You know, like I had dabbled with Seth, you know, because he owns the gym and like we were like best friends still. And so, like, I would train with him every once in a while. And, like, I, I, I enjoyed competing, man. I, I truly enjoyed the process. I enjoyed being locked in a cage and fighting with someone almost to death. I love it. I really do. And I was like, man, this would be so cool to go back to. But I'm so out of shape for that. It would take me so long to get back into in the same mentality and the groove. I was, like, just thinking to myself, like, I've already done so much for wrestling. I don't want to stop. You know, where can I take this and what are my options? Because not – not you know growing up watching wrestling like a lot of people have i didn't really know about every other company or or i didn't know anything about independence so that was just a mind boggle on itself i was blown away by like how that works and still am like the things that go on and the the lack of professionalism that i've experienced and just outright rudeness i was like it's it's insane uh being outside of you know a company like how how things are so I didn't want to quit wrestling so I tried to contact like everyone that offered to help me that was still in WWE and like coaches and reaching out to people so uh, yeah I wanted to stick with it and obviously here I am hi (laughs) so So how did you end up getting the opportunity with Ring of Honor we know you were in the 2017 top prospect tournament but you had a what a uh, was it a tryout match or a dark match you did something in 2016 so I did um, – I was with Steve Cutler a lot in, in, in NXT, like as far as like training classes and stuff. And, you know, I reached out and he's like, hey, man, you should contact Danny Cage um, from the Monster Factory and, you know, about doing independence and stuff. And, you know, he can kind of help you out. So I did that and he let me know about a camp that they were having. So I went up to the camp that Danny was putting on and uh, I met Bob Evans there and LSG, who was with Ring of Honor at the time. And uh, I was wrestling with LSG and Bob's like, hey, man, good stuff. You should contact, you know, Ring of Honor about doing the camp they have next month. I'm like, yo, word, let's go. So I uh, ended up doing that camp, which was like almost didn't happen for me uh, because so the camp was, I think, in October. And in Florida, we get hurricanes a lot. And, you know, that's not fun. So, like, my, my trip is coming up. So, I, I did everything myself. Like, a lot of people, like, pitch the cliche, you got to, like, take initiative yourself. Well, you kind of have to. You got to kind of, like, really put out some effort. So, I mean, you know, I paid for my own flight. I didn't expect them to pay for anything. I paid for my own hotel. Uh, so, I'm getting ready to leave in Orlando. And they shut the airport down because the hurricane was coming. I'm like, oh, man. But my parents are in Fort Lauderdale, which is three hours south. And I'm like, oh, snap, Fort Lauderdale's still open. Let me drive home. So I booked my flight, and they, can't, they, they closed the airport the next morning. I was like, no! <laughs> so I, had, so I, had to, I had to drive to my uncle's in Atlanta, which is 14 hours away, 
before the hurricane could make it and fly myself out of there. So I like, I had spent a lot of money on flights and canceling them because you know you don't always get your money back. So I had to eat a couple bullets on that one and they were not tasty. So I ended up flying out and then, you know, I did, I did the camp and a lot of people like are pretty skeptical about the camps. And, but I mean, that's how I got noticed and, and I, I performed at the camp. I did well. Uh, I stayed in contact with them. I kept trying to get my name out on Indies and, um, and they were, they came to Lakeland and I did a, a, I guess a dark match for them. I did, I did, must've done all right. And then I just stayed in contact with the office and I got into the top prospect. So you get into the top prospect tournament and not only are you in it, you win it. And, uh, yeah. and you get a, you get a, you know, the winner of the tournament gets an ROH contract, but mm-hmm. let's talk about what happened, um, post top prospect tournament, your, your post victory. You, you kind of didn't gain a whole lot of momentum from that. And after a while, you were like, I think, losing more matches than, than you were winning. So I want to ask you, like, what was your mindset then at that point? I mean, as a shoot, there were, you know, there were people saying, well, he's the top prospect tournament who's not going to make a big impression. And, you know, is it going to be a huge star like Matt Taven or maybe some of the, you know, Mike, Mike Bennett? Did you hear that talk? I mean, did it did it bother you if you did? Uh, so not <laughs> trying to hurt. Yes, tough questions here, Josh. Trying to hurt me? Uh, <laughs> well, no, see, right, uh, it, it's, a, it's a happy ending, right? So we got to yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to talk gotta about. The, yeah, you had to you over- crack the eggs, eggs, man. Yeah, you got to dig dig up the dirt to get to the gold. I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I mean, it was a little disheartening, you know, and. And I was pretty fortunate, man. Like, I mean, you know me in real life. I'm not, I'm not a scumbag. I'm not a POS. Like, I'm a pretty good dude. And uh, I made a lot of good, positive relationships with people in the locker room. And, and I was like, hey, man, what am I doing wrong? Or, or, or how can I improve? How can I elevate my status? You know, because I was coming in, you know, like, and there, our locker room is so deep, man. The talent there is unreal. And, and just even be on the roster is really cool, but I've never been that guy like, Oh, I made it sweet. I'm that guy that, that wants to win it. I want, I want everything and I'm going to take it. That's what I want. So to, to, to not be able to kind of control that destiny and and to elevate myself, it was pretty difficult, man. It's a hard pill to swallow. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, I don't have an ego or I'm not somewhat cocky. I am a little bit. I mean, I've done a lot of things. I've accomplished a lot. So I'm not super entitled, but like I, I know how to work hard. And like, if I have a goal, I know how to achieve it. So with this, it's very different. Like you can be the best in shape. You can still do well, but you know, you have, there's gotta be something that makes you stick out. And I don't think I, I was maybe doing that right or, or portraying what they wanted. And maybe that was kind of hindering me. So like, it was disheartening to not have like a lot of big opportunities or to make the most out of my, out of, you know, the win with top prospect. But I was—I mean—I was still growing and learning a lot uh, as far as just being a better performer and uh, a personality. Because you know, I—I I, I guess I wasn't doing a great job of getting that across. And well, now I am. So that's all in the past, dude. Thanks for bringing up, you know, bad memories, man. No, no. See, it's a—you nah. can't have a redemption story, or until you—you know—it's like if you watch a movie, the hero has to go through some bad times before the triumphant uh, final scene. So look, you could have, you you, you admitted, you kind of fell into the business, into a good spot. You didn't have to work indies. You were immediately in NXT right off the bat. So, 
you know, you could have, who knows, taken off right there and gone to the main roster in WWE. But I think because you went through these trials and tribulations of, you know, never having really uh, experienced disappointment in athletics, you know, on a great level that, um, you know, it's probably made you a better performer in the long run and, you know, probably, you know, stronger person that it wasn't just handed to you and you had to work for it. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, man. I mean, I agree, dude. It's definitely been, it's definitely been an adventure and like having to learn and, and to kind of fall just to help myself back up. Cause I, I've learned so I learn all the time and I love learning. And I think some people, not all of them, but some people kind of get success quickly and it goes to their head. Yep. And I don't ever want to be that guy that, Oh, I'm doing good. So I'm better than everyone else. And, and dude, like I won nationals as a freshman and I literally helped sweep and mop up the venue and roll mats. Like after I won, I, I just don't, I just don't get how some people become, you know, X, Y, and Z and they just change completely. You know, it's crazy about some of the guys that should act like that. Like that, yo, you definitely deserve to be, you know, a little arrogant and they're not. So like, that's always been something I've been trying to keep um, at the forefront of my mind, no matter how successful I get or how, how much I'm improving is to always just kind of maintain some sort of uh, level of being humble and, and appreciative for the things I've had to, to do to overcome, to be where I'm at. Well, well said, Josh. And I'll tell you what, I've noticed it just in my years being around the business and in it, it's the guys who really have made it. I mean, like made it on a major, major level that you think, wow, they could be entitled and they could have an attitude. Um, a lot of them don't. And I'll just use The Rock as an example. Um, man, that guy, I, I interviewed him when he was sort of just getting over. And then I interviewed him as when he was at the top of the business. And then I interviewed him later when he was making movies. Same guy the entire time. And I never felt like it was an act. Like, even when the cameras weren't rolling, whatever, same dude. I've also been around guys who didn't come anywhere close to that level. And they're the ones who are arrogant and have an attitude. So it's kind of funny yeah. how that works. It is. It's very interesting. You know, we have guys in the locker room that are, are not, uh, we have like, like people that are, hey, man, do you need anything? I can go to the store and get it for you. And I hate asking for that kind of stuff. You know, like, the, like some of the students or like guys, we have like to run errands for us and whatnot because then we're doing the show. Like I, I still feel weird asking like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. Can you do this? And like, I just feel like some people really take advantage of that and, and like that's just that's just so weird to me that being even being able to be in that position to yeah do you mind like going to the store like no I can get you whatever you need it's just it's boggling to me that some people are just still really rude about certain things and and whatnot so I've always like wanted to to just maintain that that I guess integrity uh, of just not being a scumbag <laughs> right you are not that that's a good role that's a good uh, philosophy of life don't be a scumbag yeah man don't all be a scumbag. Just adhere to that what a what a great world it would be. Let me move on real quick to ask you about MMA. Are you still dabbling in that? I know you, you do, you know, some of the training and stuff, but are you going to fight again? I know you were doing the Brazilian jiu-jitsu thing again for a while. Is that something you're going to continue to do? Or is it fast? Um, so I still work with a lot of fighters um, to just kind of help them. And, like, I get the itch every once in a while, but that's, like, a very different type of training. and. And I, sometimes I really just want to get back in the cage, but I think um, actively competing is kind of past. I've, 
I'm past it. You know, this is the career that I want. And uh, I think everything I try to do is to further that. And, you know, heaven forbid, man, you know, if I'm rolling around like with the guys and like I'm sparring and I, I break my nose or, or something or, or I'm out and then we have a big match coming up and I can't do it, you know, you know, so I end up like letting, I could end up letting Silas down or the company down. And that's something that kind of plays a big, big part of it, you know, cause I did get hurt um, back what, like a year ago and I had to miss some stuff. And, and that was kind of like a big eye opener for me in regards of how passionate I am about um, competing and, and being at a good level. I don't think uh, dabbling in that kind of stuff anymore is really going to help me. It's always good to sharpen up on skills. And like, I roll around with the guys I know aren't going to hurt me or, or I don't have an ego. That's like a big thing too, man. Like some people just want to prove that they're like super BA man. And they want to, they want to prove that they're the best guy in the room, but like, cool, man, you, you can have it. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to try to hurt me, dude. Like you could be the best guy. Have at it, dude. But like, it's, I really do enjoy still just kind of rolling around and, and practicing like certain things that I think will make me different or just staying sharp on the things I already know. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, you have nothing to prove, man. You are legit B A A F. So yeah. 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 <laughs> As the kids. <laughs> so the last question I wanted to ask you before we move on to our uh, 10 question segment was you mentioned school earlier and how you weren't necessarily the greatest student or that interested in it, but I know you went back and, uh-huh. uh, and got your degree, correct? I did. Yes, I did. So what, why did you decide to make that decision? Hmm. So, so I did the four years at UCF for wrestling. I switched my degree my junior year. So I was doing social science education for the first three um, I really didn't enjoy the curriculum either. And that's kind of something that made me really not interested in school. Um, I think anyone will tell you if they, they, whatever their degree is, there's a plethora of things that aren't affiliated with your degree at all that they kind of use to weed out people. And cool. I get that. But like the, for me, that's boring. All right. I don't care about a lot of stuff. So to have to do that was just bleh, barf. And then when I switched into criminal justice, I was like, cool, man, I could dig this, you know? So then I finished my, my senior year of wrestling, I was like, well, don't need to do that anymore. And then I got in the WWE and it was cool, man. This is, I don't think a lot of people know this or um, highlighted enough. Um, they do a kind of a program where they, they, they'll pay for you to go back to school. And I tried it for a semester. Um, but like, I, I think, I think just cause the way my schedule is set up, I was a little overwhelmed with trying to train and go to class like I would fall asleep in class because like I would be at the PC for you know six seven eight hours I would take my classes and I just I just I personally couldn't do it like I was just tired and a lot and then you know Ring of Honor encouraged me to go back and like the schedule was really allowed for that and my mom was also annoying me about it she's like you should you should finish your degree so I really did it because my mom was bothering me and I'd already put so much time in it I was pretty close to graduating um so I ended up taking like a year of like five or six classes every semester, which is a lot, but I finally got it done after taking six years off almost. I think I took four, four years off, four to five years off from school, which is super hard to go back. I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to ever go back to school. Well, I don't, I don't blame you. Once, especially once you've had the layoff, it's uh, man, I couldn't even imagine after uh, getting out of school. Yeah, man, I'm sitting in class and some people are talking about prom like it's last year. I'm like, what? That was like 12 <laughs> years ago for me, man. What? Who, who are you? 
I'm like, yeah, no thanks. I'm done. I'm done with that. Hey, I did want to ask you one more thing. You, um, you had told me a while back that you're, that you have a love of cooking. Is that, is that still, is that still the case? I love cooking, man. I love to make obnoxious foods. I'm actually thinking about starting a cooking show with my buddy Seth. So that would be pretty sweet for everyone to, to follow along with if they feel like it. But yeah, man, I love cooking. Okay. Have you ever made dinner for Silas? Uh, I haven't officially made him dinner. I've made him a cake. I, I remember that. That was on TV, wasn't it? It was. And I just released So that was a year ago for, for his birthday. That was like our first weekend of tagging was, was uh, on his birthday. And then I just I re-released that on, on Instagram, that promo we did where he pretended he hated my cake, which is crap because it was really hard to make in a hotel. And then he really liked it. So he was trying to be a little jerk about it. But I did make him a cake. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take our final break and then we're going to come back and we're going to play 10 questions. Josh Woods. Oh, yeah. Tonight, we'll be discussing another very important topic, wrestling in the COVID-19 era phone rang and it was someone from uh, Ring of Honor office and they said, look, this is bigger than wrestling. This is a pandemic. Nobody knew exactly what coronavirus was. Ring of Honor was one of the only companies to completely shut down and say no. If there's a virus out there that you can catch just by being within six feet of somebody, imagine wrestling somebody. You're going to be a lot closer than six feet. I have huge, huge fears. I'm scared S-less, to be perfectly frank. ROH Roundtable, now available on youtube.com slash ring of honor. All right, welcome back to the ROH Strong Podcast. It's time to play 10 questions, although it is a special edition just as we did a few weeks ago when Josh surprised Silas. I bribed Silas, I'm not going to lie. Um, he didn't want to do it. I offered him uh, a fifth of Jack Daniels and a carton of cigarettes, and he agreed to do it. Silas, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on, and I, I definitely appreciate the whiskey and cigarettes. <laughs> well, you told me that's what it was going to take, because when I first asked you, you said, no, no, I really don't want to do that for Josh. Uh, but here you are. So, Silas, this is your segment. Take it away. You can ask Josh the 10 questions. It's now time for 10 questions with Silas Young. Dude, I'm so excited, dude. This is such a surprise. I'm so happy. Uh, this is exactly this is exactly what I was worried about, you know. That that's the difference mean? between me and you, Josh. When you Dude, came my on, happiness I, is important. Your happiness is important. Dude, Jesus, happy wife, happy life. You know what? Let's let's just uh let's just get to it. And speaking of of being happy, let's start out with we'll give you a little bit of a softball here. What's your favorite holiday? You know I don't like holidays, dude. I hate holidays. What's wrong with you? I hate I hate Christmas, dude. Oh my! Uh, See, you know what? Are you sure you're not one of these fake positive people? I'm happy all the time. <laughs> hate Christmas. What kind of monster hates Christmas? I just don't like it, man. But I love Thanksgiving. That's my favorite one because my mom makes a lot of good food. Silas, even you don't hate Christmas, right? Oh, I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday. <laughs> really? 
absolutely it's great you know you got you got time at home with the family you got the christmas tree you got presents under the tree bunch of food sounds like a great time to me I'm wow, not, uh, what did you get josh for christmas last year uh i gave him the, uh, the the gift that keeps on giving as being his tag partner <laughs> the best gift the best gift ever dude I'll, I'll, I'll have to agree with you on that one all right so uh question number two who do you admire the most in the locker room and why is it me <laughs> well dude i mean you already just answered the question man uh what if it's not you dude how sad would you be well i already know it's me so i guess i should ask who do you admire second in the locker room oh, oh second oh for sure second definitely uh well you're definitely first dude just because you're a man's man man you know what i'm saying i get it uh, and i tell you all the time how much i love and appreciate you but uh if it's not you my second pick would be jay lethal okay why is that well i mean jay's he's awesome man he's so talented and he's really humble he's a good person uh he, he he's you know he's just nice he's a nice guy he's not mean to me he returns my texts sometimes more often than you do (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody returns your text more than I do. That's true. All right. So what we're going to give you, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll make it, we'll bring it back, make it a little bit easier. And just because I'm, I am genuinely curious to know this. What's the first concert you attended? Oh, the first concert I attended was Ozfest. Uh, really? Yeah, man. I was thinking it would have been something like Hanson or the Backstreet Boys or something like that, you know? No, they never were around when, like, in my part of where I live. So I never got to see. Them. Okay, so so Ozfest. Who who did you go to Ozfest with? I went with a couple guys on my wrestling team. It was pretty awesome, and uh, it was Disturbed and System of Down. They were headlining. It was pretty sweet. All right, man. I, I gotta say, I, I I earned a little a little bit of uh, more respect for you right there. So Aww. I'll give you that. All right, yeah. so. In the last year, how much of a, how much of a privilege has it been for you to have me as your mentor? Why why you gotta say it like that? <laughs> you mean how fun has it been for us to grow and and develop our love as best friends? Well, well it's been uh, great. I, I said mentor. This is why I have to use words like mentor because you have to say things like our love has grown. That's this is this is a professional relationship, Josh. Why, you don't have to lie, dude. Just because we're on we're on a podcast, you can be as truthful as you want to be, dude. It's been great, man. You're the best ever. It's been it's been truly an honor to learn from from you. Regardless of how mean you are to me, dude, you actually know what you're talking about, and you're really good. And because of that, you've helped me get really good. So we're just really super good together. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The way best right. you should be. All right. So I mean, it's kind of made me think of one of my other questions I was going to ask later, but I'm asked now. Because I feel like I need to just get it out of the way. Who's your celebrity crush? And don't say me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So my celebrity crush, dude, is Helen Merrilies. She's an Olympic gold medal wrestler. Oh, man, dude. She's amazing. She, not only is she, like, she's super beautiful, but she has a really good message. And she's a, a tremendous athlete. And I, I definitely respect and admire her. And, and yeah, she's super awesome. <sighs> of course your celebrity crush would be a wrestler. She's an Olympian, dude. She's like elevated. Okay, yeah, no, I get it. I get she it. So let, you, all right. So you know, she's she's a wrestler. She, you know, it's kind. of I'm sure it's mutually motivating. I, I can see that. So yeah, she would totally whoop you. 
what yeah, well you know that's because i'm a man i won't put my hands on a woman so i'll give you that uh all right so thinking of that of, about drive and stuff like that what drove you to become a, a pro wrestler after a lifetime of you know doing collegiate or amateur wrestling uh well i guess it was more circumstantial uh, i got i got introduced to it uh and then after after the tryout uh, I just really enjoyed it because you know I, I didn't I didn't feel like I was super tapped out for uh, amateur wrestling. You know, there's always the Olympic option or going to fighting, but uh, I guess the aspect of learning something really new was was what really turned me on. And then just being in, uh, involved in it made me just fall in love with it more and more. And then meeting you was just like the cupcake, dude. It was the cherry on top. Was the best. Well, I could I mean I could imagine that. So you would, it's like you're. It's like you're driven. You're driven through uh, through sports. So, you know, I, I would assume with you know wrestling being your whole life, you must be a big sports guy. What's what's so my next question would be, what's your favorite sports team? You're such a jerk, dude. You know I hate sports. You know I don't watch any sports. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? You know dude, you're the worst. Th- th- this is a funny thing. You're supposed to be the lovable, nice guy, and I and I'm always labeled as this grumpy a hole. But you don't like Christmas, you don't like holidays, and you don't like sports. You don't have a dude, favorite sports team, dude. I, I just I would just rather be doing sports. Like I'm always training, so I don't I don't want to watch like dudes, you know, play sports. I like watching lacrosse. Lacrosse is fun to watch when that's on. I would say I like I like watching lacrosse as a whole. All right, I'll give you that. That's probably a very uh, underrated sport. It's definitely a very physical sport. It takes a lot of time. Give you that. It's hard, but I just I would just like to know to everybody listening out there. I'm not the monster. Josh Woods is the monster. Dude, stop trying to stop trying to pin the people against me, dude. You know <laughs> you know all these these answers to these questions. You're trying to throw me under the bus. Uh, well, you know you're throwing yourself under the bus. Because I'm being um, honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see, we'll see. So you know, you're you you, you hate you hate Christmas. You don't watch sports. Don't. What what scares you then? You already know this too. You're the worst. What Why? scares me? Dude, frogs, dude, I hate them. <laughs> frogs. Why <laughs> frogs, man? I hate frogs so much. What dude? what did like someone put like a frog in your soup or something when you were a kid or something like that? Oh, that, that's weird. So when I was a kid, my brother, who's three years older than me, he baseball batted one in my face and it exploded. I'm talking about like when you watch a movie and you see the, the, the shockwave of explosion, imagine this frog just being pelted at you as it's disassembling in the midair and just splattering all over your face as like a four-year-old child, all right? That's traumatizing, okay? Yes, and no, then, wonder, no wonder you're a sociopath. What? No. And then fast forward when, you know, I put that behind me. I'm outside junior year of high school playing in the rain with my friend, and he soccer kicks a frog right in my face. Right, all those memories of just seeing this poor soul just explode, just flash back, and it just totally ruined me forever. So, are you sure it's maybe not death of small animals that maybe you're scared of more so than frogs? No, dude, it's frogs, dude. I don't mind lizards. I used used to have a lizard, I had a snake. I don't mind other things. It's frogs, okay? So, like, if you woke up in your hotel one day and there was uh, a frog on you, would that freak you out? I would cry. I would immediately ask to change rooms. Okay. All right. And then I would get the and I would use the key to your room and move into your room. <laughs> I gotta Sorry. say, I hope Nita is not listening to this because uh, they would not approve of this 
stuff that was going on with the frogs back. What kind of neighborhood? What kind of people did you grow up with here, Josh? Yeah, torturing the frogs, dude. On Florida, it you know it rains a lot, and there are frogs everywhere. I don't know, man. Like pick them and hit them with a bat. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin makes a really good point here. I think you really surrounded yourself with some, uh, some, uh, some, some mentally scary people. I don't control that. Okay, I'm just. A, I'm a victim here. I'm just like the frog. I'm a victim. <laughs> I do like knowing this frog thing, though. I think I'm gonna write that down and take a note. It feels like it could be uh, entertaining for myself at some point in the future. Yes. So, uh, all right. So let's let's get off the subject of killing small animals. I'm going to go with what I believe is question uh, number nine here. What's what's the difference in the mental preparation that you have to do uh, in the difference between a, a pro wrestling match or a pro wrestling show and uh, MMA? You did you did do some MMA in the past, correct, Josh? Yes, I did, Silas, and you know that. <laughs> I, I think I remember vaguely hearing about it as you told me the stories over and over countless times putting yourself over so what what's the what's the prep what's the difference in the preparation for something like that i mean i, I, I gotta be honest with you because you know i mean i've been a pro wrestler for a long time and you know when i was a young guy I definitely got in a lot of uh street fights and stuff like that but you know an mma fight's definitely a completely different animal so what's what's the difference in the preparation you have for that it's a very good question dude and i'm going to give you that answer so <laughs> I think uh, there's there's pressure to perform in both sports, at least for me. Uh, I think when you compare MMA to pro wrestling, it's a, it's a very different uh, kind of mindset as far as wanting to do well. And, and there is a game plan for both, obviously. I think just executing both. But unlike um, pro wrestling, when you're in MMA, man, like anything can happen. You know, you could have this game plan. Hey, I'm going to. I'm gonna go for this takedown. I'm gonna I'm gonna work a submission, but man, you take like a kick in the face, that totally changes everything. Right. And uh, and I think like that kind of has to come into a play. And like, okay, so, go ahead. So do you do like a lot more studying of your opponent? Then you know I know like you know maybe for people who don't know with MMA, you typically know who your opponent is gonna be. But I'd imagine at least a couple months out, right, going into a fight, so you can really uh, study and train for fighting them specifically opposed to you know pro wrestling where we're you know doing shows pretty consistently and sometimes you don't know who you're going to be wrestling until the day of the show right yeah so i mean there's it's typically like an eight week camp like eight to ten weeks uh, some people do 12 but um i think eight to ten is kind of what i i've experienced so not a lot changes man uh, uh for me because wrestling was such a strong suit for me i tried to not spend as much time on that when i did prep for a fight you know, I try to focus on the things I was weak at. Um, of course, I rely on wrestling. Worst comes to worst, but I would spend a lot of time focusing on like my stand-up work or my ground game because that's where I was a little bit weak at. So I think you know, if I matched, I think I think if I matched up against someone who had a, a better strike game, I would try to worry more about that. Whereas here in pro wrestling, I'm not uh, not to sound arrogant, dude, but I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about someone hitting harder than me or. Being able to out wrestle me or, or, or submit me in this because I feel like I dominate pretty well in that aspect. So <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. There's a there's definitely a reason that I, I you know I picked you to be uh, you know my I, I guess for me to mentor you. So protege. Yeah, to be my protege. Thank you for that. Uh, that your wrestling that's, son. That's why you're my protege. Don't call yourself my wrestling son. Though that's your weird. best friend. 
that's that's a little bit of a stretch. How about we're we're friends, but best friends? No, we're not. We're not best friends. I mean, you've you've said this before, and I know it sounds weird, and I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna totally regret saying. It. I guess we're friends with benefits, but not like yes, yes, friends. we are, dude. Or you know, so you benefit. I just, I just want to make this clear for everybody. By friends with benefits, I mean you're very good at wrestling, so you benefit my wrestling career. So Yeah, dude, we benefit each other. We're friends with benefits. What else yeah. did it mean, dude? I know, but Josh, we've talked about this before. Remember Google? You sometimes say things that you know other people might take the wrong way, so I just like to clear things up. You know, Tyler, heard- you know how sound bites work. That sound bite is going to live in perpetuity, and the explanation that came after it, will be edited oh. out. So that's oh. that's out there now. For, for oh, I, I know, I know, I, I thought about that, but you know, I, I just thought that, you know, it's important to, uh, <laughs> you know, keep, keep the tag team units strong. So speaking of tag team units and keeping it strong, you know, uh, it's been, you know, a, just over a year since we, we first started doing this, since we first started tagging together. And Yep, I, I think you remember Josh that, that that first weekend we tagged together. We had three tag matches, and I believe we won all three. Correct? Oh, we dominated all three. That we did, and and I believe the last one was actually on my birthday last year here in Milwaukee, and we actually uh, beat the uh, the current world tag team champions. So Ooh. thinking about that, this is kind of a two part question for the last Ooh. question. What obviously, you know, with what was just said, we we're the greatest tag team that's going in wrestling right now. We're definitely the greatest tag team uh, in Ring of Honor. So, what have you learned in this last year that's going to help us win the tag titles? Ooh, that's a good one. What have I learned? Well, I have learned to be more patient and to listen and to strategize more. Because sometimes I would just gung-ho and go at it, but you told me I have to stick to the game plan and to trust you because it'll work. And we've been pretty successful, so I should try to not, you know, resist that. So I think that's really crucial into being successful is to stick into the game plan and modifying it when it needs to be modified. That's right. That's right. That's good. And that's uh, it's a lesson I've been trying to teach you and I think is one that's been hard at times, which you, you've definitely listened, is that Listen to your mentor. I think that's the the takeaway from what you just said. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm glad that uh, we could get through this this ten question thing without you professing your love too much, uh, Kevin. I will definitely be expecting that whiskey and cigarettes in the mail. I hope you overnighted it. I did. <laughs> I did. JD and Marlboros, right? Did I get it right? That's right, man. That's right. All right, well, hey, man, I really appreciate it. That was a small price to pay uh, to get you on here to add, to surprise Josh. I think you made his day. You did. You made my whole, my whole week. Yeah, man. Probably your, your whole month, maybe your whole year, maybe your life. Well, I guess that was when you first, you know, started teaming with Silas. It was probably the best day of your life. Would you say that? Oh, the best day at that moment. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the best day of your life. You'll uh, even no, we've, had, we've had way more better moments than that. I guess, but you know, sometimes usually the start is that uh, that moment that you remember, Josh. I'm, I'm sure you do. I, it's vague for me. I think I was probably a little hungover that day, but I think <laughs> I think it's pretty uh, pretty clear to you. Yeah, whatever. Well, before we wrap <laughs> up, Josh, did you want to give out your uh, social media information and where people can buy your merch and all that fun stuff? So you can get my shirt and also 
our shirt at the ROH Pro Shop. And we have a new one coming out, dude. I know. Aren't you excited? I, I am a bit excited about that. I, I remember seeing the the design. It was something that we talked about, and I think it's uh it's kind of kind of a cute little wrestling shirt that the fans might enjoy. So it's definitely perfect. It's the perfect depiction of our love. <laughs> anyway, so um, before you cut me off uh, and and deny my love for you and us together, uh, you can follow myself at twitter and instagram at woods is the goods that's me hi and silas what about you yes and you can uh, always get myself and josh's and mine merchandise together to g1t at ringofhonorwrestling.com you can follow me on social media on instagram and twitter at last real man roh so when you have a tag team that has merch I'm guessing it's it's probably usually a 50-50 split, but since Silas is the veteran and the mentor, I'm thinking, what is it, like 70-30? Uh, kind of wish yeah. you went to bring this up. I, yeah, I, dude. Yeah, Josh what is it? Wasn't Josh wasn't even aware that we got money off the merge, so. Oh, sorry. I looked now now you just forced a tough conversation, Kevin, so I'm thinking maybe now you need to send two cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't hang up, dude. We're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> you guys, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about this off air i just wanted to say thanks again josh uh, Dude, thanks for having me it was awesome silas thank you for surprising josh like i said i think you made I, his know, I love it <laughs> and thanks to everybody out there for listening keep it locked into rohwrestling.com and roh's social media channels at ring of honor on twitter and instagram facebook.com slash ring of honor for news of when and where future episodes of the roh strong podcast will be available Kevin Eck saying, stay safe, everyone, and let's all be ROH strong. Uh, you are listening to ROH strong, and, uh, you know, thank you very much. And uh, we, we thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. Dude, thanks, awesome. man. Dude, I was so surprised. Silas, oh, you're the best ever. <laughs>